and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful for your presence, not just uh, all over the earth, Lord, but in our where we, wherever we are, Father, for you said you inhabit the praises of your people. So, Lord, we open up our ears to hear as one being taught. We want to be your disciples. We want to be your followers. So speak to us by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For our reading this morning, I want to uh, um, read out of Psalm 89, verses 1 to 4 and verse 14. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I said, steadfast love will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever and build your throne for all generations. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Songs have a powerful emotive influence in people, and we have all been moved, isn't it, uh, because of songs in different ways. If you've been in a place of discouragement uh, and you listen to some um, songs that uh, it brings renewed hope, for this, uh, you know, against the circumstances that you're facing, or uh, songs can even have uh, can inspire us to action. Uh, I can't help but be reminded of this classic song from Les Misérables called "Do You Hear the People Sing," and the lyrics go, "Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? Who uh, we we will uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing now. We will not want to be." Uh, made slaves again. Okay, I, I was tempted to sing it a while ago, but I decided against it, lest uh, it detract from the theme, from the message. But you know, when you couple it, if you know the lyrics and the melody, it stirs you up, isn't it? Now I'm saying that because I believe that's probably that's one of the reasons why I believe many of the scriptures that we reflect upon are are actually psalms or songs. Songs have a powerful way, not just to stir emotions, but really to reveal the truth of God's word. And what we're seeing here in this psalm is the, expre- the ex- desire of the psalmist to continually sing of God's great love forever. And now I want to I wanna focus on what he wanted to sing about, and that is God's steadfast love. Now, um, this might be your first time to hear this, or if you've heard this, I, I think it bears uh, uh, a, a reminder. The word steadfast love um, is one of the richest words in the Old Testament. Not the English translation, but the original phrase, uh, the original word, which is hesed. And it's been translated in English in many ways. It's uh, been influ- uh, translated as... Um, let me see, um, loving kindness or kindness or mercy. But the richness of this word, and remember, the, the Bible was written originally in the Hebrew language for most of the Old Testament and then uh, um, uh, Greek in the New Testament. Uh, 
And so, um, of course, God's truth uh, cuts across uh, language, but yet there's, a, there's something about the original language that sometimes the translations don't fully capture. I'm saying that because when you understand, and this is Bible commentaries and scholars who've said this, as wonderful as those words are, mercy, loving kindness, grace, all of these things, it doesn't fully capture the sense of what hesed means. And the most apt that they can come up with is this term, covenant loyalty. And covenant loyalty uh, speaks of, number one, God's relational nature. He's a God who wants to relate with us, and it's best described as a covenant relationship. Covenant is the highest form of relationship, as I understand it. Uh, you know, we can have casual relationships, isn't it? We can have friendships, we can have acquaintances, we can have uh, BFFs, uh, best friends forever, and so on and so forth. But when God relates with us, He doesn't relate with us on a casual basis. He relates with us on a covenant basis. And uh, He's an all-or-nothing God, if I could frame it that way. And the closest of... Uh, human relationships that approximate what a covenant relationship is, is marriage, because marriage is a covenant. And so that's just, that is the nature of how God relates with us. He's a covenant-making and a covenant-keeping God. He makes covenant with you and He keeps that covenant. That's why this phrase, covenant loyalty, is the most apt description of it. And what's interesting is in the commentary, think of this, His faithfulness because, uh, you know, that's part of God's being covenant loyal. He's faithful to us. But His faithfulness is not ultimately to us. His covenant faithfulness is ultimately to Himself. In other words, He's loyal to us because He's loyal to him, Himself and His promises and the word He gives. I don't know about you, but that just changes the whole perspective because we wonder sometimes, Lord, when I'm in the midst of my adversity and trials, Lord, are you going to pull me through? If God says His promises, of course, which are conditional on our faith as well and even our obedience, uh, then we can be assured that He will be faithful to us because He's faithful to His Word. And that's what this term means. Now, uh, the implication of that is manifold, as we will see in a while. Now, you know, uh, there's a particular Psalm 136, uh, verses 10 to 16. I'll just say some of it, okay? You don't. Um, to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt for his steadfast love endures forever. And he brought Israel out from among them for his steadfast love um, endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, his steadfast love forever. So, and then he made. The Israel passed in the midst of it, his steadfast. So it was a song about God's steadfast love. And the point is this. It was the Lord's covenant loyalty or hesed that led Israel, that led the Lord rather to open up the Red Sea and make the Israelites cross over. And it's the same hesed of God that drowned basically the Egyptian chariots and the horsemen. Now that's a pretty serious statement about God's covenant loyalty that He would bring forth even judgments against the enemies of God's people because He's loyal to His covenant. 
I want to share with you uh, this morning three revelations about God's covenant loyalty or hesed. Number one is this, God's hesed is generational. He said this, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever, for my mouth will make your faithfulness known to all generations. I'm reminded of um, the second commandment, isn't it? I'm just reading it off. I mean, I'm, I'm saying it out of my memory. Um, you shall not make for yourselves an idol in any form, in heaven above, the earth beneath, and the and the uh, you know under uh, the ground, under the ground, because uh, I am a jealous God, and I punish the sin of the children, uh, the sin of the fathers to the children to the third and fourth generation. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love Him, you know the predisposition of God is to show His love not just to our to us who are His followers, but to the succeeding generations. I, I, can, I can say this. I believe a significant part of the reason why I am a follower of Christ and even a minister of the gospel is because my mother's father was a follower of Christ. He was a lay Methodist minister. And my mom was a follower of Christ uh, ever since she was 14 or 15 years old. If there's one thing that I'm grateful for, for my own heritage is my grandfather and my mother were followers of Christ. Now, some of her other siblings were also followers of Christ, not everyone. But no wonder, it's like I couldn't really get away. I mean, I had a choice to follow Christ. I wasn't always following Him. But I can look back and see the faithfulness of God to my grandfather, to my mother, by calling me to follow Him and to serve Him in a vocational, uh, in a vocational way. And my continuing hope is my own children, as they have decided to follow Christ as well, they will continue to do so in their next generation. Number two, revelation about God's covenant loyalty is God's hesed is comprehensive. Now, uh, I'm giving you a snapshot of really the Old Testament. When you look at God's covenant ways, um, he was singing of God's covenant loyalty but uh, w without getting ahead of myself, you know, he's speaking about David, whom God made a covenant with. David was not the first one whom God made covenant with. Actually, there are five distinct covenants that the Lord made with specific individuals all throughout the scriptures. It started off with Adam and Eve. It's a covenant of blessing and fruitfulness and to rule over God's creation. And of course, they lost that, unfortunately, when without authority when they sinned against God. But God renewed it with Noah. So we see Adam and Eve, Noah, and it's a covenant of blessing, fruitfulness, and rulership over creation. The next person whom the Lord made covenant with was Abraham. And it was a God choosing him to become a nation, and that nation would have its own land. And then the next covenant that the Lord's personality, the Lord made covenant with, and with his people is Moses. And he made a covenant, uh, he initiated a covenant that brought forth the law of God to the people of Israel. And then finally, the fifth one in the Old Testament God made covenant with was David, as we read here. So these are, these are five important individuals, or at least uh, for an Adam and Eve's case, uh, a couple, that God made as a representative of humanity that God who made covenant with. And each facet 
each, each of these covenant terms was a facet of God's comprehensive covenant. And again, uh, we're going to digress if we go that route, but suffice it to say that this covenant, which the Lord specifically made with David, as we will see in the next point, in many ways uh, is, is more comprehensive or, or, or rather a facet of this comprehensive covenant, which ultimately we know is going to culminate in uh, the new covenant. Which brings us to the third facet, the third revelation about this hesed, and that is God's hesed provides for a shepherd ruler. Psalm 78, verse 70 to 72, He chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing use, he brought him to shepherd Jacob's people, Israel his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with skillful hand. The Lord's hesed was more fully expressed in his covenant with David, his servant, who he took from being a shepherd of sheep to be a shepherd of his people, Israel. And his promise was his descendant or offspring, as we read in the psalm, would sit on a throne that would last through all generations. And as we read, as we saw also in verse 14 of Psalm 89, this throne was founded on justice and righteousness. Brothers and sisters, uh, the, the last of the five Old Testament covenants prior to the new covenant was ultimately providing a shepherd ruler for the people of God and ultimately for the nations. Now, I th I'd like to think that that is so relevant for the times we're living in. How often, how much have we been disappointed or afraid of human rulers, whether it's our own nation or whether it's in the nations of the earth? You only have to read the newspapers or read it online to see how disappointing or how fearful it is that human rulers are ruling either with ineptness, with oppressiveness, or even with corruption. And we're disappointed. We feel helpless, isn't it, at times? How, how come the world is going this way? But we have an assurance from our covenant-keeping God that He has raised up a ruler who is a shepherd ruler, who is not going to exploit people, but will lay down his life for his people and rule them with righteousness and justice. And we know that's none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. And he would have, as wonderful as David was, he would have none of his flaws. And so, brothers and sisters, as I end this brief message, we can certainly sing of God's hesed. Because we have a ruler descended from David, who's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he now rules and reigns all over the earth. But more importantly, he rules and reigns in the hearts and the minds of people who have acknowledged him as Lord. And that when they allow him to rule in their lives, they can be instruments that speaks of you and me. They can be instruments of God's kingdom and righteous and shepherding rule in every sphere where God has given us. If you're a business person, if you're in government, if you're a, a, a person in your community, if you're in media and education, if you're a student, God's rulership can be expressed. His benevolent, 
servant rulership can be expressed through you as you represent Christ in the world. Let me pray for you as we end. Father, thank you for uh, that we can truly sing regardless of how we may feel or uh, well or not. Yet because Jesus Christ rules in heaven and earth, we can rejoice, we can declare your faithfulness to our generation. We can declare your faithfulness in our generation, in our lives, in our family situations, in our workplace, in our city and nation. Uh, King of kings and Lord of lords, be the shepherd of our love, lo lives and shepherd of our nation. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go about your day, may you be encouraged by this truth that Jesus Christ is Lord of heaven and earth and He rules over your situations. God bless you. See you again. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. 
If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.